Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've got uh, Venerable Tom Dorian. Hey. Venerable, just waiting on a couple of miracles. I'm waiting. As we always, We're all as waiting. We say. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. I think you're going to die, too. I'm not sure how <laughs> that saint-making process works. Yeah, there's some kind of process in there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for having uh, me. I haven't talked to you in a little, bit of, a little bit of time. It's been a minute. Good to see you. But I'm good to see you as well. You look and, healthy. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Excellent. Yeah, lots of reasons to feel healthy <laughs> in this day and age. Uh, and uh, and we have a, we have a guest in place of our Sam Rodriguez. Yeah, Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy is not here. Uh, did he go to a cheese festival? I can't remember. Or was it? That sounds like him. It was a, G, a jiu-jitsu cheese festival, That's which is awesome, kind of a it? rare thing. That uh, we wish him well anyway. But we do There's have a joke in there. I'm not yeah, gonna use it. <laughs> no, we'll stay. We'll stay away from it. But we are, we we do have a great guest today, uh, Sergio hey. Vasquez. Sergio, hey, hi, welcome to the Catholic Cafe. He's a luxurious corner booth. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, and uh, Sergio uh, is, um, well, I guess creator, host, uh, owner, I don't know what you are, but for a radio ministry uh, that caters to Hispanics called uh, Radio Resurrection. Uh, and so it's been in the Diocese of Memphis. You've been active in, the, in, in, our, uh, in our diocese for a little bit of time. How long have you guys been doing that? So in June of this year, it was three years. So three years. So it's still still mm-hmm. kind of a baby thing, kind For of, sure, very much. and it's still kind of growing. Where, by the way, where does somebody find this ministry if they're interested? Sure, if they're interested, a couple easy ways to do it is you can go on Facebook. Radio Resurrección, and also on YouTube is probably the easiest way to do it. And for all of our Anglo listeners, of which mm-hmm. there are many, yes. uh, just remember a Resurrección is like, it doesn't have a T in it. Correct. Right, just the C-I-N's and C-I-O-N. So uh, so that's the way you can, you can find it if you're searching for it. But the reason we wanted to have you on, um, Sergio, is because one of the things that's like, I think that we don't talk a lot about, uh, but we should be talking about is... Ministering to all the various cultures, you know, and I, I, I've told people before that I'm 61. Uh, Tom, you're 78. Is 78? Is it? It feels like 78. Feels like 78. But I'm sure it looks the same. We're as well. a couple of older guys. We're obviously both Anglo's, right? And and so I know that growing up, you and I, we how we perceived uh, other cultures. Like that we're in America, it's foreign. No, you, no pun intended. Well, I know exactly, but but we we knew of people, oh, right? Absolutely. And, and and you don't ever want to lump people into groups, and you don't want to put people in boxes. And there are so many different dynamic and beautiful and diverse cultures that are out there, and it's so beautiful to to see all that stuff. But a lot of times, like especially like in a diocese and in church ministry, there's like. Uh, there's like the regular ministry, and then there's like what they will call multicultural ministry, which usually is just Hispanic ministry in in a lot of places. And so we thought we'd bring Sergio on to like find out how things have changed and what 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 kind of going on in that particular culture uh, in uh, well in the diocese of Memphis or your experience, but you've been ministering in this way for like three years, but obviously you've been in this culture for a lot longer sure. like Vasquez so you're 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 obviously uh, you're native to where in Mexico 
So my parents are from the southern part of Mexico. My mom is from Puebla. My dad is from Morelos. But I was born out in California. Oh, in California. Mm-hmm. All right. And so yeah, you've got uh, – it's like – if you're talking, if I'm talking to you on the phone, I'm like, I have no idea who I'm talking to. You know, I don't because a lot of times we can hear very distinctly sure. uh, like cultures in our voices. Right. Uh, and uh, so you have been you've, you're part of this community in Memphis, uh, but uh, you like have taken to this uh, like like well, specifically radio ministry in, in your way. Why is that something that interested you? And how did you get into like Radio Resurrection? Yeah, that's a great question. So I had a project about four years ago, um, pre-COVID. I had already been planning it. The idea behind it was to have video series highlighting different, um, just different people around our diocese, whether they were seminarians, priests, lay people, highlighting their stories, their conversion, and what God is doing with them today. Right. And so this was going to, this was supposed to be all video uh, initially. And when COVID hit, um, I talked to my brother about it. He had a little bit of equipment, and I said, "Hey, I'm about to purchase." Who's your brother? We got a we got a name drop. Um, my brother is Daniel Vasquez. Okay, Very, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's your inspiration, isn't he? As yeah. we'll just say it now that way, so sure. he feels really important. And he, he he pushed me. He did. <laughs> he brought he brought forth a lot of good ideas. Awesome. Yeah. So what happened is I I initially started, and then about a month into the project, we were I think I want to say in the middle of COVID. Um, I get a call from a good friend, Angel Lagunes. He's a good singer here in Memphis. And uh, he said, hey, you know Victor? And I said, yeah, I know Victor. And Victor Ramirez is the founder of Radio Resurrección. And so then he said, hey, Victor is starting this, you know, this radio thing. I don't know if you're interested. You said you were doing something with videos. Would you like to be a part of it? And so, you know, sometimes when you get a call like that, you don't know what to think. Sometimes you're, a part of it means money. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And you're like, does, does this mean that I need to, you know, go in pretty hard as far as a financial commitment? But no, he said, look, he's really looking to, to fill in some spots to, to, to work with him. And uh, I ran by him the idea that you were doing this. So through conversation, through that, um, you know, that rekindling of a relationship, Victor said, hey, you know, I want to do this. I Really, I need some help. I need someone that, that ha- is, I would say, as passionate as I am about doing this. Uh, and so that's how I got involved uh, in, the, I would say, around April, May of 2020. Uh, Victor and I started talking about some ideas, and we initially started with about six to seven people. And as with any project, you start with some, and then some come, some go. Uh, and here we are three years later, to some degree, uh, very different what we imagined uh, back then. But really the, the idea of, of projecting what our people are doing here. And when I mean our people, I just don't mean one set of people. Really, I mean God's people. Right. right. Uh, I mean, Amen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about Radio Resurrección when, when you ask me what it's about. You know, what, what's the purpose? And it really is about, you know, illuminating and casting a light on out on those people that are really trying, right? When we look at the lives of the saints, uh, they all weren't perfect uh, here on earth. They they all had battles and they all had struggles, and a lot of that a lot of us relate to that. We all have struggles, battles, whether it's a spiritual battle, a physical battle, a mental battle. We all go through them, and we hope that through Radio Resurrección, 
we're able to inspire people that may need that message of hope, of inspiration, of uplifting. And whether it's through an interview, through some of the inspirational talks that we have from time to time, uh, I would say that if we do that, then we're fulfilling the mission of, of Radio Resurrección. That's awesome. And I noticed, uh, like on your Facebook page, you've got, you know, uh, you've got close to 7,000 followers. So there's there's been success, obviously, in reaching that particular community. Uh, and uh, and whoever wants to listen, again, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, and pardon me if I don't trill my R's as well as you do. Uh, just, I, I struggle. So no uh, we'll just go with Radio <laughs> Resurrección. No uh, we'll at least get the Sion at the end, you know, as best, as best I can. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the I guess, uh, so... You mentioned the word passion early on. I think maybe Victor was asking you uh, if you shared that same passion or whatever. Tell me about that passion. What is it that is driving you uh, about your faith? I mean, why do you care so much? Obviously, this is not to make a buck. Because, trust me, from one radio guy to another, there's not a lot of bucks here. No. Right? This is not necessarily like this, uh, you know, we're not driving the big fancy cars. Sure. Uh, and and it, so it's not really a financial thing. What is it? What is it that's... That, that it's making you what is your passion I guess in terms of this ministry sure I always think about what Pope Francis said a few years ago where he uh, said right go out and, and and make a mess to some degree yeah. right and you know when when you wake up every day and you think about what drives you for me specifically it's about being able to have a conversation with somebody you know five ten years down the road and said hey you know what I, I heard this show one time and it helped me it helped me change it helped me become a better husband, a better son, a better brother, a better server. So I think the passion lies knowing that although you may not see it right because you're transmitting through a medium, right? And, and, and you, don't, you don't see who else is out there. Right. But the fact that you can one day talk to those people and they say, hey, you know, through, through something that you said or your guest said, it really did help me have a change of life or see things differently. That, for me, is a driving point because in, in an era where, where we are filled with so much information and so much content, uh, we know our competitors really is, is not within our space. It's within those spaces, right? Because they're misinforming, they're misguiding, they're uh, confusing our, our people, and, and, you know, and they can confuse us as well, right? So being able to push out content that really leads people towards the truth I would say is the ultimate uh, driving force. There, there is nothing more rewarding, and I say I shouldn't say rewarding so much as to say affirming. Like the word, I think God gives you little glimpses every once in a while, and I and I hope and pray that you'll get more and more of these as you continue in this ministry. But like the times that we've at the Catholic Cafe have gotten like an email from somebody saying, "Hey, uh, something you said or something that you guys talked about three years ago kind of got me out of this." place in my life I needed to get out of or whatever. Just wanted to tell you, you know, I'm all better now. And I just thank you. And I, I just, those are really affirming and it helps you to know that somehow God's using you uh, and he's given you all these gifts and talents uh, and he's using you. So that's a, that's an awesome experience. Uh, I know that you're having there. So speaking of the gifts and talents God's given you, I mean, have you always been interested in like media and uh, television, radio, video, film, what, wh- where did that come from? That's a great question. I think growing up, I started doing a little bit of theater, 
when when I was about seven years old. Where, where in I, California, by the way, were you? So we were in Southern California, Santa okay. Ana. Yeah, we were. I grew up in Santa Ana for about five years, and then in '95 we moved to Memphis. Okay. Yeah, and then when I moved here, funny enough, is I didn't know a lick of English. Everything down in California, at least where we were at, was all Spanish. Right. So there was no need to to learn it. And so a couple of years in, you know, I was I was fluent enough. And it's I always go back and think about uh, how God uses you in, in different ways. I remember by second grade, I was helping, you know, kids learn how to read. And this is coming from someone that is not a native speaker. It's not someone that, um, you know, grew up learning the language. You picked it up on later on. Um, I think I think it just it, it's powerful, right? And a lot of that is attributed to parents, right? My mother was was a pusher, and she never let me give up. But um, back to your question, you know, doing a little bit of theater, and then uh, going into music, and, and then just really watching. You know, I, I'm big on seeing what what's coming, what's happening, what what works, what doesn't. And I, I think down the road, I realize that. Uh, you know, I could probably make some kind of impact through theater or through music, but uh, you start self-evaluating and saying, okay, if I couldn't do those two things anymore, what else could I do? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a believer of always adding value to who you are through the skills that you can acquire. And so uh, I've been tinkering on, you know, doing interviews for a while, and um, I've done a little bit of, I wouldn't even call myself a DJ uh, to say the least, but uh, people had said, "Hey, you're, you're really good at, at performing," and, and so there, there's a degree of, of performance that I guess inst- that is instilled in my DNA. Well, you know, knowing your voice and sure. using your voice, and 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 also having that sense for when you need to turn the page, like when do we change, how do sure. we transition, how how do we get from this point to that point? Those are some natural talents that yeah. that I've recognized that in you, and but also that that you've recognized in yourself, and that's. One of the things that draws you to this, I'm sure, because sure. it's a natural fit. Oh, yeah. And, and I think there's a level of, of humility there, right? I, I think when we talk about being humble. Well, there like, needs to be. Yeah. There right? Needs, Not yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with that, yeah. right? When you start to go like, hey, you've got X million listeners or whatever. It's really easy to get drawn into. Sure. Uh, but then you get humbled all the time. Oh, all yeah. the time I get humbled <laughs> and people are like, now who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no, who's this famous person you're standing next to? Right. Oh, I thought I was, maybe I'm not. Okay, good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, no, no. And, and there's always different ways that God will, will, will present to you in your life that keeps you grounded. And I think, um, that's probably the, the most important thing that I could say in regards to my experience in doing all this is I've got parents that have always instilled, Hey, be grounded. Um, you're, you're not better than anyone, right? You're who you are. It's it's not worth comparing yourself to others because there's always someone better than you. There's always someone more talented and more gifted and better looking. Uh, if you live life comparing yourself to others, you'll really never be happy. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, they say in the law in the jungle, like, really, you just need to, you don't need to be the lead. You know, that's like, that's a lot of work. You just need to be like, you just need to be faster than the slowest water buffalo. Correct. Right? <laughs> so you just need to be better than one person, really. Sure. <laughs> that's the one that's going to get eaten by the predator, right? You'll, you'll just kind of be in that crowd. But sure. uh, obviously I'm joking about that. But the thing is, uh, there is something I think that's really good about your own recognition of how God is like working mm-hmm. in your life. Because there's so many folks that kind of go through life not really knowing that they have a certain uh, skill set or charism or gifting or something that, you know, and they don't realize that like God 
has basically made them that way or encouraged them in that way so that they can then be you know, useful in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to see that. So that's a, that's a positive thing. Sure. And I think we're called to identify those gifts and be open to the criticism or the feedback from others to identify those gifts. Uh, I, I can say the biggest attribute to that is my father, for instance. He was always big on pointing out the things that we did well. He, you know, we talked about weaknesses and, and things that we could improve, but he always pushed us to see, hey, you know, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You know, you're beautiful in who you are and you've been given gifts. Your job is to try to identify those. And then once you've identified those, um, you know, you perfect them as much as you can. But then you go out and, and use them to some degree, right? You, you, if, if you're able to write, if you're able to create music, if you're able to produce we're called, obviously, to, to use those to, to benefit our families and, and to provide a living for ourselves, but also, more importantly, is, is to serve others, right? If, if I'm only serving, if I'm only using my gifts to benefit myself without benefiting others, then I have really misunderstood what the gospel's about. And, and you know, we were, we were called to, to come here and to give back and to serve, and that, to me, is the biggest satisfaction, knowing that, you know, if I can, if I can be that uh, that servant, right, to someone else, then, then I'm fulfilling my mission as, as a son of God. Well, obviously, I've never met your parents, but I can tell you they're great people already. Mm-hmm. So that's you've been blessed in that way. Uh, and I, I actually hope that maybe one day you're going to run for some kind of political office because, you know, <laughs> the, the, you seem to have a very, uh, a very a great perspective about things. Uh, and obviously, you're talking about some things that are very cultural in terms of like, you know, you were blessed with these parents that were obviously uh, 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 children of God themselves, mm-hmm. right? Raised you in that way, you raised you, uh, your family in that way. And so that's been a blessing to you. And you've been able to see that and experience that. And it's actually made you a uh, way better citizen of society, as we'll say. Um, now, I will say that you, you're like anybody else, you're probably recognizing that culturally things are just kind of in a seem like in a downward spiral and all the things that you just talked about, what how like your dad would deal with you and talk to you, certainly talk about weaknesses and helping you grow, but also to help you know just that all these gifts that you have right, and encourage and affirm those gifts and how, how wonderful that is. And then have the blessing of a mom and a dad, all right, in a, in a, in a loving family setting. You, you look at like the devil in the world right now and just attacking families and tearing families apart. And again, to make this question even more complex, you know, as an Anglo, I look at that and I, I look and I go like, I, I get what's happening uh, to all my Anglo brothers and sisters out there. I, I just don't even know. I don't even know what's happening in the Hispanic community and the, the Hispanic community is now so varied, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different folks from so many different cultures. Uh, like, do you do you recognize that? Is that a big thing in the Hispanic community? Are the same struggles going on there with families and with God and with parents and all that stuff? Oh, most definitely. And and then you throw in the the communication barrier in there. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got mom and dad who left home, wherever home may be, Mexico, Venezuela, Guatemala, El Salvador, looking for a better life. So they get here and they know that they've got to push and, and drive and, and, you know, bring forth a family in the midst of all the struggles. And then you have their children who, um, to some degree, I don't want to say they're spoiled, right? I think there's there's plenty of them that, that have seen enough struggle to, to not point them in, in that bucket. But a lot of them don't know what it is to struggle. And I think that's the 
driving force between mm. some of the division there, right? You've got mom and dad with one story, and then you have you know son and daughter who kind of have an easy life, who now have access to all this information that mom and dad didn't have. So now they question mom and dad, hey, well, if you believe God, you know, I just saw this TikTok video or I saw so-and-so on YouTube, uh, you know, that it has explaining it this way. You know, priest doesn't say that in church and or, you know, my friends at school, they go to this church and they do all these things, right? So now there's this division of worlds and then, we talk about the communication barrier. And that's within barrier. the family. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. That's within the family. And oh, you yeah. say communication barrier because the parents are going to be obviously fluent in their native language. Mm-hmm. And not it's harder for an adult to mm-hmm. learn a new language. Sure. So you, you learned English when you were like five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's still in your formative years, so it was easier for you. So you had a lot of things that your your parents didn't have, mm-hmm. right? A lot of opportunities and things that were that were obviously good for you. I remember one particular priest, um, Tom. Uh, he was our he was our pastor, uh, Monsignor MacArthur, and I remember him saying something at a, in a homily one time. And he goes, "Like you know, I get why kids don't believe in God. Oh, what yeah. do they need God for? They they have cell phones. They have a you know a job at the you know Dairy Queen or wherever, right? Mm-hmm. They they've got a car. They've got access to a car. They have air conditioned houses they you know, the lights come on meals the laundry service you know their parents they have everything they need why do they need god mm-hmm. and that's a that that was an eye opener and i don't think he even knew he was saying that he said it and then everyone kind of like kind of gasped and maybe even chuckled a little bit like that's an incredibly uh, brilliant assessment of the world today with with our younger folks they don't know the struggle right mm-hmm. they they don't they've never wanted for anything which makes it harder for them to want God, and so you're you're saying that's that's very prevalent in the Hispanic community as well. Oh, sure. Well, a lot of the idea is I don't want my kids to suffer, right? As I suffered, they don't want them going through some of the trials, and some of those trials they're they're not equal, right? For instance, my parents would tell me, "Hey, you know, I it was sometimes it was a choice of working." For instance, my dad, his my grandfather, uh, he worked the lands, right? So sometimes he would have to help him after school right whereas me after school the what, what what was i to do is either get on the xbox or watch tv or do homework you had right? like the cartoon network which played cartoons 24 sure. 7 exactly i didn't have that growing up <laughs> we had to wait till saturday morning to sure. see scooby-doo <laughs> yeah and now in the world of netflix right you it's all on demand. <laughs> on demand so I, you know i think there are a, there are some of those uh mindsets that for instance, my, my mom and dad were very blunt about, hey, I'm not going to give you everything that I didn't have. Because if I give you everything I didn't have, to your point, then what else do you need? Again, wise um, parents. Right. You know, they just stayed. And mom mom especially was, was very tough. Dad was always very graceful and loving. And mom was in her own way. Now, there's yeah. always a good cop, bad cop situation oh, of <laughs> in, in parenting. And that's... It's normal. It's you natural. It. No, you need it. And, you know, now as I talk to, you know, some of my, for instance, I've had kids that talk to me from youth group. I used to do youth group years ago. And uh, I just had one reach out yesterday, for instance. He says, hey, I'm going through this. Can we talk? And I know that his parents have at some point said, hey, you know, we're struggling with him. He, he's going through some of these things. 
and a lot of it is tied right back down to the the fundamentals right what what makes a family what what makes children happy and it's not the materialistic stuff that makes you happy it, it really is the quality time the attention the words of affirmation the support showing up to the games showing up to events when you don't have that growing up it it to some degree yeah, leaves this void in your heart, right? And you don't have that those moments guarded in, in your heart. So, um, you know, a lot a lot of things are tied to the hey, I'm going to give you everything I never had. But then, really, you know, what they really need is you, you as a parent. Yeah. You know, and I, I speak a lot from from a son perspective because uh, I don't have kids yet. And and I think you know when I talk to kids and I say, hey, like, well, what are you like as a son as well? Like, are are, are you mindful of, of what they're doing for you? And, um, you know, I think culturally, we're probably getting to the point where kids feel they're smarter than parents because they have access to all this information. Uh, they know English and their parents probably don't know as much English as they do. So they can get away with watching certain things or hearing certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think when, when, you, when you know that those are your that's the battleground, you've got to find a way to obviously keep parents in tune to some of the content, but also... Um, part of the part of what we're doing right now is we're looking for more content is how do we reach out to these kids right that feel confused that feel abandoned mm. um i've expressed to, to some priests that hey guys i know we do so much for the parents but what are we doing for them by the time they become parents they don't want to come to church right. they, they never were they never were part of the church growing up and so in, part of our mission is to find ways to creatively bring those kids back and how do we do that when they're battling all these other things? It's a question to be had. It's a discussion to be had. But, um, you know, it's definitely something that we're, we're trying to, to do more. Well, I certainly mix. Uh, I'm just so uh, pleased uh, that you came to talk to us today about this because uh, I think you're in the right place with, uh, with this ministry. Uh, so just really want to keep encouraging you uh, with uh, Radio Resurrection and uh, encourage uh, some of our listeners. You know, this is a this is a vital ministry. I mean, not specifically Radio Resurrection, but what you guys are doing in this culture that we sometimes I don't want to say dismiss, but we're just not part of it, mm-hmm. right? So we're worried about supporting this and supporting that. Uh, if someone wants to reach out and support what your ministry is, what you guys are doing to help you build uh, more listenership, build more content uh, that's vitally needed for, especially for the young folks. Uh, that you're ministering to, how do they do that? How do they reach out and and, uh, and help you with support? Sure. So they can uh, reach us out via email. I will spell that for you. R-A-D-I-O-R-E-S-U-R-R-E-C-I-O-N at Gmail. And I say that with one C because Resurrection actually has two. But our founder, when he when he did the whole logo and all the marketing, he only put one C. So that tends to <laughs> cause a little bit of, of confusion. So I always emphasize there's only one C. Only one C. One C in Resurrección. Uh, or they can reach me at uh, 901-489-4246. Uh, I'm always on 24-7. My wife would say that's probably to a fault. But, you know, you're always you know ready to, to jump in where needed. So Well, Sergio Vasquez, thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us today. And let's ask our Blessed Mother to bless your ministry and to bless all of us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at 
thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.